I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And welcome, everybody. Today's podcast is brought to you by the moon. <laughs> the moon sponsoring us. It's sponsoring us in cheese. Oh, be great! <laughs> Best sponsor ever. No, the moon, ladies and gentlemen. The moon is the Earth's only major na- natural satellite. It's average okay. distance. Do you know how far away the moon is? I'm going to guess. 400,000 miles. You're way off. Oh, is it closer than that? 239,000 on average. Oh, so just half what I said. Yeah. My car has traveled halfway there. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, But that's because I've got an old car. Anyway, the moon landings. Mm. Everyone's got an opinion. Yeah. Josh, yours has been changed Fairly yeah. recently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it has. You, you used to believe that the moon landings were fake, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I used to believe a lot of conspiracy theories, but the moon landing, I was one of those people that was, no, nah, never happened, never went to the moon. There's this, there's that, there's the other thing. Okay, Proved so should we go through some of the things that... Because one in four people believe that the moon landings are fake, particularly in America and Europe. One in four? One in four people. Definitely 25% of Americans believe that their own government is lying to them. (laughs) I mean, I'm going to not say anything about that. I've got in trouble before about saying stuff about my own people, Americans. (laughs) (laughs) On the flat earth one, you (laughs) did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 25% of Americans and Europeans also quite often believe that America lied about going to the moon. Mm -hmm. So today... We're going to dispel any disbeliefs that could be out there. I'm ready for it. So I'm, I don't normally do these conspiracy theory ones. This is normally your bag. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm so passionate about the moon, I wanted mm-hmm. to do it. We have our little – this is this light that you could see and if you were following the video podcast is actually a scale model of the moon, although it's probably too bright to actually see any of the detail. Uh, it looks good to us, though. Mm. Um, but, yeah, so – I'm going to go through the arguments that okay. people have 
mm-hmm. and then I'll go through and tell them why they shouldn't even be arguments anyway. <laughs> okay. All I right? feel like you're going to get very passionate about it. It might turn into another Flat Earth video <laughs> where I just throw my headphones down and walk out. Yeah. But we, no, we shouldn't do because, uh, yeah, we, we'll be all right. Okay, so the number one thing mm-hmm. that people say about the moon landings being fake yeah. is the flag. Yes. Why is the flag waving, apparently in the wind, when there's no wind on the moon? Yes. That is one of the points that made me think it was a Yes. Hoax. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to answer that right now. <laughs> We're just going to move straight on to the next one. Okay. Right. <laughs> okay. Or, or, or do you want me to answer them as we go? Yeah, why not? Yeah? Okay. So the flag waving on the moon. If you watch the video footage or look at a picture of them, because uh, there is like video of them sort of um, taking it in turns to salute the flag when they yeah. get to the moon. Um, the flag doesn't actually move or ripple. It's as stiff as a board and it is propped up by a crossbeam. Oh. It's not like a flag here on Earth where it's just attached to the top of a pole and hangs mm-hmm. and then flaps in the wind. Yeah, yeah. It's actually propped up. Oh, okay. And, sense. But, but I mean, you'd, you'd have to do that, though, wouldn't it? Because there's no wind on the moon. And what is the point in having a flag if it doesn't look like it's flapping in the wind? Well, yeah, I guess it'd be a poster, wouldn't it? Yeah. Poster on a stick. It'd just look terrible. Uh, yeah. So it might be a silly question. Am I right in thinking, if you had a normal flag and just held out the flag, because there's no gravity, would it just stay there? There is gravity. Wait. There is gravity on the there moon. There is gravity there? on the moon, yes. There's no and wind. Why, there's no wind. There's no right, atmosphere. So there's no wind. So would it, if you held it out, would it, it would just stay there? Or no. would it eventually... No, it'd fall. It would fall. Yeah, it'd fall slower than what it would here on Earth, but it would, yeah, it would still fall. But yeah, I mean, that that is the thing with the flag, all right? Because there's no point in putting a flag up if it doesn't look yeah. like it's flapping in the wind. So they just put a cross beam on it, and obviously... It's, but it is as stiff as a board but by the looks ah. of things on, on the video. All the, the ripples and creases in it, they don't move, they don't adjust. You know, as you follow the stars mm. and stripes, the stripes are not exactly, like, 100% um, horizontal. There, there yeah. is, like, ripplings in it. But the ripples don't change in that entire minute of clip of them saluting the flag. It's consistent. Yeah, it's consistent. It's, it's almost like it's been over-starched. I got you. Do you know what I mean? Was it you as well that said, while we're on the subject of the flag, that the flag would now be completely white because the sun would bleach it? Quite possibly, yeah. It would be bleached, yeah. Ah, so it wouldn't be the American flag anymore. It would just be a white... You might see some traces of the American flag, but I I think probably the solar rays would have bleached most of it. Sorry, I'm just going to try and adjust my microphone a little bit there. Um, Yeah, so that is one of the main... Well, the the main uh, arguments that they have is that flag. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so people believe that it was actually filmed in Huntsville, Alabama by award-winning director Stanley Kubrick, mm-hmm. um, who actually filmed both the Apollo 11 and the Apollo 12 missions um, because, because they rented a studio and they'd got the time to do it so apparently they even though they you know it was the first mission to the moon yeah they decided to film the second one as well 
apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, and they used cables, you know, like the, in the Matrix to, to make yeah. them jump extra high. Yes. Yeah. Now, do you want me to start debunking this one as well? Please go for okay, it. Okay, so. Um, oh, no, 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 hang on. Yeah. Uh, they, were, they say that it was filmed with high-speed cameras mm-hmm. and then played back at 50% speed. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, to make mm. it look like they walk in a bit slower and yeah. and, and, and and that. Um, okay, the moon's gravity is one-sixth that of the Earth. Okay. Yeah? One-sixth. Yeah. So uh, you can kind of see that in the um, – they like if you were to jump here on Earth just to do a straight jump with your legs still straight down, yeah. you'd only manage maybe a couple of in- – you know, six inches – yeah. And when they jump on the moon, they're going up maybe 18 inches, not pro- not quite as high as two foot. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, you know, if you were going to fake if being on the moon, you didn't know because you hadn't been there how weak the gravity was, you'd probably, it'd probably look like Crouch and Tiger Hidden Dragon. They'd be going way up in the air if they were yeah. attached to cables. Do you know what I mean? You'd dramatize it a bit more, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. Um, and high speed cameras weren't made at the time. Oh, they didn't even exist? No. Most cameras ran at 25 frames per second, not even mm-hmm. 30 like standard is today. And today you can get 60 frames per second as standard that plays back at 60 frames per second because TVs nowadays will run at 60 hertz. Yeah. Well, they didn't back then. Mm. It's 25 hertz. Um, yeah. So it definitely wasn't a high-speed camera. And in fact, the camera that they used on the moon, was only running at 10 frames per second. That's nothing. Which, if you then halved that to make it slow it down, mm-hmm. five frames per second, you wouldn't. it would be blocky. It wouldn't even look like stop-frame animation, you know? Yeah. I mean, you could possibly just about get away with stop-frame animation at 10 frames per second, mm. but five, you wouldn't. Yeah. Quality wouldn't be great. Would no, it? it wouldn't be I mean, it wasn't great anyway because it was quite a low-quality you know, yeah, uh, I think TV in general wasn't great. In some people forget that when when was this? 50s, 60s? 1969. It was 69. Yeah. So obviously the technology and everything back then, because that that's another argument. I don't know if it's on your list, but a lot of people would say, "Oh, we didn't have the the technology to be able to go to the moon back in the 60s." We didn't have the technology to fake it. Ah, okay, that's interesting. It probably right. So it cost around about thirty billion dollars. The, the Apollo program, the Apollo space program. <laughs> oh man! It would probably have cost more to convincingly fake it. Hang on, did you say thirty billion? Yeah, not million, billion. Billion. Yeah, that's a little bit, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so that is the entire Apollo space program, not just not just one. Rocket, not just one oh, right, launch. Yeah. So thirty billion across, you know, from Apollo eleven to Apollo seventeen. Was, you so, know, yeah, okay, that's a lot, and possibly Apollo eight and, and that that just went to the moon, orbited it, but didn't land. Mm-hmm. You see, there was a few few of those missions as well. Um, green screens weren't a thing. There was no such thing as CGI special effects. Yeah, and the first um, uh, even movie that used CGI was a film called Westworld that was made in 1973. 
No, hang on. <laughs> when you said Westworld... Not the TV series. No, I was thinking of... Um, is it Waterworld? Oh, yeah, <laughs> with, yeah, yeah. With, um, Kevin, Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner, no. <laughs> no, this was... I think Westworld was like a, a kind of a, a spaghetti western type thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that was actually the first movie that ever used CGI and special effects. Yeah, in fair. In Hollywood. Uh, yeah, so green screens not, wasn't a thing. Um... And yeah, the, the the frames per second they couldn't they couldn't slow it down, so you know mm-hmm. it's got to be genuine cameras. Um, so another thing that people say is that there's no stars visible in the shot. I hadn't even noticed that. Had you not? No, no. Now this is true. Even in the high quality photographs that you see, you can't really see any stars. It's just a moon going off into the distance. And you see, like, the astronauts and, you know, whatever equipment that they've got there. Um, but you can't see any stars, even though there's no atmosphere. Because mm. people say that, oh, if the moon's got no atmosphere, then the atmosphere can't be blocking the light. So you'd be able to see the stars even. But photography, my friend, photography. Mm-hmm. If you're... Uh, exposing for the foreground to get the astronauts and the equipment and that sort of, and the moon's surface, you're not going to see any stars because stars are so distant and dim, they're just not going to show up. If you're trying to get them stars into the shot, mm-hmm. then the foreground, all the astronauts and all the equipment would just be blown out, just be super white. Yeah, so when you're saying like foreground stuff, do you mean like the glow of the moon and yeah, everything yeah. that was there? Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that, yeah, I see what you mean there. It's kind of obvious, isn't it? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Because so there's like high dynamic range is more of a modern thing, you know? Mm. Sort of since we've invented like digital cameras and that. I mean, this was, would have been done on like 8mm film as well. So, yeah. you know, they would have had to take light readings and set the, uh, the aperture and all that sort of thing on the camera just to get the mm. shots that they got. Um not like these days where you just set your ISO on your digital camera and uh, and off you go. You know, it was, it was quite yeah. a technical business doing films and, and photographs. Mm-hmm. Um, so that explains that one. Uh, now, some people say that the astronaut was illuminated too much as they were leaving the capsule because, <clears throat> excuse me, in space and on the moon... It's only lit by the sun. And people rightly say that if the sun's mm. not touching a surface, it's going to be shadow. And particularly in space, anything that's a shadow is basically black. Mm-hmm. So they, they claim that where the, sh- the astronaut left the capsule was in the shadow of the capsule. And you shouldn't be able to see him because it should be perfect blackness. Okay. But light reflects. And it's going to reflect mm. off the surface of the moon, yeah. up onto the atmosphere, onto the, the astronaut. You know, light mm. obviously reflects because here on Earth, you'd have the same effect. If if light didn't reflect off the ground and off everything around you, then you'd have the same thing. Shadows would just be perfect blackness, yeah. and it'd be the same on the moon. Mm-hmm. Light has point. got to reflect, and 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 that's why you can see the astronaut leaving the capsule. You mentioned light. Yeah. See, I hadn't heard that argument with the the actual astronaut mm-hmm. um, leaving the capsule. I'd heard about the the light on the helmet, the reflection of the helmet, that being uh, a reason why it was a hoax. 
was I can't remember if it was you you shouldn't be able to see the reflection of like like you'd be able to see either the sun in the visor right. but it's just almost like a random kind of fog light like it's just a, a white light but then I think you've already touched on that with the photography yeah. and the distance and stuff like that yeah, obviously yeah. the sun would be a little circle yeah um but also you can tell by the shadows on the moon mm-hmm. that it is lit by a single source the sun yeah yeah this would have been ultimately the most expensive and difficult thing to reproduce in a film studio i'm not even sure if we have the capabilities today to make a single point of light that bright that it can illuminate everything yeah so all the shadow like there's no double shadows or anything when you've got multiple lights which they use in film scenes mm-hmm. Uh, if you were to hand, hold your hand over the table, you'd get several different sh- shadows because the light from over here would light up the shadow that way and the light from the left would shadow over to the right, you know? Yeah. That doesn't happen in any of the pictures on, or video on the moon. The shadows are consistent with it being a single point of light. Yeah, that and makes sense. the only way you could do that is with like a, probably a really ridiculously high-power LED, mm-hmm. and they didn't have that technology yeah the amount of lumens is it <laughs> yeah yeah the lumens would have to be like 50 million lumens or yeah. something you know and they just didn't have that capability mm. you're making a very good argument for this this is swaying me even more to team moon good i'm glad um now another thing is they say that there's too much radiation in space and yeah if astronauts yeah. leave Earth's atmosphere, which protects us from radiation, mm-hmm. you'd die. Yeah, I have heard that. It's not true. No? No. Atmosphere does do somewhat protect us from radiation, but okay. the, the biggest thing that protects us here on Earth from radi- solar radiation and cosmic radiation is uh, the magnetosphere of the Earth. Have you heard of a magnetosphere? Is it different to the ozone layer? Yes. <laughs> the magnetosphere is invisible. Okay. And it's just uh, magnetic energy, basically, because the Earth is just a giant magnet. Yeah. And so the magnetosphere extends outwards away from the Earth into space in all directions equally, and then the sun's rays push it push it back against the planet well, on the sun side mm-hmm. on the far side away from the sun it then stretches out like an egg <laughs> okay right all right and obviously this goes thousands of miles into space hundreds of thousands of miles into space mm-hmm. uh, obviously the further away the weaker it is and the less radiation it's going to push around it you know like a in your Star Wars or whatever, if they've got deflector shields. Now we're talking. Uh, and you, you see, like, uh, 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 the, whatever radiation will deflect around the side of the spaceship. Yeah, yeah. Yeah? That's basically what the Earth does. The magnetosphere does that with the sun's rays. Oh. Now, the moon orbits the Earth every 28 days. Mm-hmm. For seven of those days, it passes through the magnetosphere on the far side from the sun. Just for the seven days. Just for seven days. Every month. 
every month, every 28 days, seven days of it, it's spending traveling through the magnetosphere. So that would give you some protection. It takes three days to reach the moon, three days to come back. Potentially, you've got a day you can land on it Ah. and then get back and then travel back and not even be affected by that radiation. Now, they would be affected by the radiation. There would be elevated radiation on board. Mm-hmm. And I believe they did actually experience that, uh, yeah. but not dangerous, lethal doses of radiation. So you're the space man, right? Yeah. You know about space, so I'm going to sound like a simpleton for a second here. Go for it. Other people is, may not know, so yeah, ask ask the question. Is space just naturally radioactive then? Yeah, pretty much. It is. Yes. Yeah. So there's not like a source that it comes from. It's just everything. Everything. All the stars and and black holes and things emit radiation. Gotcha. So yeah, space is literally full of radiation. Cool. Yeah, I never really thought about that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's but what you said actually really makes sense. Like with the the three days, three days, day in and between. You've got a day in between to make your landing and get back up there. That's smart. I like that. That's another thing debunked. Take that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but in fact, as well, um, one of the phenomenon that the astronauts, uh, and even astronauts that are just in orbit around the Earth, that aren't even going to the moon, although normally it's people who travel further out and go for moons and stuff like that, um, actually experience uh, something called cosmic rays. Oh, I've heard this. Cosmic rays travel pass through anything. It passes straight through the spaceship, straight through your eyelids, and it hits your retinas, and they'd see flashes of light. And they didn't know what it was to start with. But, yeah, it's cosmic rays that could be coming from anywhere. It could be come from a galaxy millions of light years away and just pass straight through the spaceship, straight through your eye and out the other side. And all you know about it is just a flash of light in your eyes. And and they were sat there going, what the hell is this? And there's nothing you can do about that. Nothing you can do about it. No way of stopping it. That's some magic wizard stuff. Yeah. That's crazy. It is a, a weird phenomenon. Okay. But it doesn't make you blind or anything. It's just... Potentially, yeah. Mm. Potentially, if you if it happened to you enough, it possibly could even leave you with blindness. Or, yeah. Oh, Space horrible. is a hostile place, mate. <laughs> Sounds it's a very like hostile it. place. Okay, so the final argument... That uh, to be honest, I think this one is one that really stupid people put up, but I'm going to answer it anyway. I was probably there once upon a time. Right. Why do you need a massive rocket with big fuel tanks to leave the Earth, and then when you leave the Moon, all it is is a little and it and the space landers going up. I think I know. Oh, I think. Why don't you try and explain this one? <laughs> It's probably going to be wrong because I'm wrong on a lot of things. So is it you just need enough um, kind of fuel and energy to push you away and then gravity does the rest, pulling it in to Earth? No. No. (laughs) No. But that was a good attempt. (laughs) I thought that's kind of logic, surely. Right. Okay. So it is to do with gravity. Uh, So I was kind of there. Kind of. But it's also to do with atmospheric pressure. Here on Earth, um, it's the hardest part of leaving the Earth is getting through the first 60 to 80 kilometres of atmosphere because that's where the atmosphere is thickest, yeah? The closer Mm -hmm. to sea level you get, the thicker the atmosphere. 
-hmm. And where did they launch from? Or where did the Americans launch from? They launched from Florida, which is basically at sea level anyway. So they've got a lot of thick atmosphere to get through. That's why you need lots of rocket power and engine power to lift off here on Earth. Also, Mm -hmm. because the Earth is that much bigger, its gravity is much stronger, obviously six times stronger than the moon, as we already said. Um, You need to get 11.2 kilometers per second. That's how fast you need to be going to actually leave the Earth, you know, to actually get into orbit. Yeah. (coughs) On the moon, you only need to be traveling at 2.3 kilometers per second. So that's a lot less. Yeah, a lot less because it's a lot smaller. Um, But also, there is no atmosphere on the moon. So you're not struggling to get through that first 60 to 80 kilometers. Okay. So that initial little and off it goes is all it really needs to give it that first boost. Mm -hmm. And you don't need a massive great rocket going. Mm. You only need some small propellant because there's no atmosphere to to give you any resistance. So just a small propellant will actually increase your speed over time enough to get up to that 2.3 kilometers per second. And then you're you're into Mm. orbit again. So when you said there's no atmosphere, that's what I was thinking of. When I said, oh, there's no gravity on the moon, that's what I was thinking of. There's no No atmosphere atmosphere on the moon, no. There might be trace elements of gas and dust or stuff like that, but no, it's generally considered that the moon has no atmosphere. Mm. None at all. That makes sense. Okay, so I think that has pretty much answered... Most of the, the non-believers' argument. questions, uh, yeah, arguments. Now I'm going to reinforce this because we're not finished yet. Okay, <laughs> okay. So, 382 kilograms of moon rock, soil samples, and dust mm-hmm. were brought back from the moon over the course of six successful landings, six missions. Okay. This, all this, all of these samples. Well, not all of it, but these samples were divided up and distributed all around the world for people to study. Cool. Okay, so they weren't selfish about it. They thought, let's get as much studying done as possible. Yeah. Now, remember, the space race was on in a time known as the Cold War. That was another reason why I thought it was a hoax. and Russia were sworn mortal enemies. Yes. America gave Russia a load of moon rock samples and said, here you go, have a look. Now... If anybody is going to turn around and say these rock samples are fake, it's going to be Russia, isn't it? Mm-hmm. They didn't. Oh, they believed it. They took it. those rock samples, they studied them, and they, they firmly believe that, that they are extraterrestrial. They are from the moon. Oh. I have seen a piece of moon rock. Oh, yeah? Yes. Nice. In the uh, National Science Museum in London. Oh, there is cool. a piece, there's basically a whole floor dedicated to space exploration and stuff. Yeah, like, I yeah. was right at home there, mate. I could have spent all day there. And there is a piece of room, moon rock on display. It's about the size of a golf ball, cut in half. Mm-hmm. So you can see all the crystals and stuff glimmering inside. Very interesting. That's cool. That's cool. But yeah, that is one of the 382 kilos of rock that were brought back over across six missions. That was another one of the the hoaxes where... They said that they faked it because they were just trying to beat another country to the moon. 
that was one of Russia, the reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Russia put more effort into um, like space stations and just orbital science, whereas JFK he got his mind set on the moon and that's where he wanted to mm. go. He obviously didn't lo- live long enough to see it happen. Yeah, but he was the guy that really pushed for it. <laughs> didn't you tell me as well? Uh, one of the funny little things about uh, space exploration was didn't. America try and spend lots of money to create a pen that worked in space, and then the Russians just used, used a pencil. pencil yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brilliant, isn't it? Sounds about right. Uh, yeah. Um, on the, uh, this isn't part of my notes, I don't know why I'm looking at them, but on the um, subject of dust and moon rock and stuff like that, the mm-hmm. dust on the moon is almost as sharp as glass because it's got no really? wind or water or anything to erode it. So it's Whoa. almost as though it's just been spewed straight out of a volcano, and it is largely volcanic dust. So the dust is like glass. Yeah, it's 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 very very viscous, and mm. uh, it cuts tiny little holes in spacesuit. And spacesuits cost like fifteen million dollars a piece or something like that to, to create them. That's right, I got thirty billion. And the mate. dust starts eating through the layers. The longer you spend there, the more dangerous it is. To use your spacesuit, oh, yeah, and yeah. when Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong got back into the, the lander and took off their spacesuits and started to breathe, all that dust got into the uh, into the air that they were breathing, and they started getting breathing difficulties and coughing fits and stuff because oh, this man. dust gets into your lungs and it starts, you know, mm. shredding away your lung tissue, and that's oh. what they were experiencing. Damn. So this is probably one of the main reasons why we went there six times and then haven't really been back in the last 50 years understandable is yeah because it's a very hostile environment you know no atmosphere Mm. dust that starts eating through all your gear yeah i imagine with every jump they took on the moon it was kicking up yeah yeah more and and more dust yeah it's going to cling to this to the space suit because it's so sharp and Mm. viscous that's really cool, um, man. I learn something new every day doing this with you. So yeah. I never knew about that. That's really cool. Right. Okay. Buzz Aldrin, mm-hmm. who was the second man on the moon, as you know. I'm not going to lie. I thought it was Louis Armstrong that went to the moon. <laughs> Louis Armstrong. No, it's Neil Armstrong. Neil Armstrong. Buzz Aldrin. And Michael <laughs> Collins was the other guy on the yeah. first mission, but he stayed on the in, in orbit. Uh, so yeah, I knew Buzz Aldrin, but I thought, it, for some reason, I thought it was Buzz Aldrin and Louis Armstrong, but he's a musician, yeah, isn't he's he? A musician, yeah, he's a musician. Neil Armstrong, <laughs> yeah, right, got you. Right, Buzz Aldrin yeah. was uh, duped into uh, an interview by a conspiracy theorist called Bart Sibrell okay. a few years ago. Buzz Aldrin was 72 years old. Mm-hmm. Bart Sibrell accused him of being a liar and a fake in public. What do you reckon Buzz Aldrin did? I don't think he was too happy about he it. He clenched his fist and he punched him square in the face, mate. Oh, wow. Okay. 72 years old. Crack. <laughs> do well, Buzz. Do well. Don't offend an astronaut that has literally been at one of mankind's most innovating fucking yeah. events, you know? Risking his life as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Neil Armstrong said when they were on their descent to the moon, they had alarms going off. Mm-hmm. In the lander capsule, Neil Armstrong said, it's 50-50 whether we're going to make this or not. Wow. They nearly crashed into the side of a crater. Mm. And then someone just tries to disrespect him like that. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, if, cool. yeah, if you'd literally done the most astonishing thing that mankind has ever achieved, you know, the greatest achievement ever, mm-hmm. and then someone turned around and called you a lion and a fake for doing it, I'd yeah. punch him as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's understandable. Lay him flat on his ass, mate. 72 as well. Particularly when, if you really, really want absolute definitive proof that mankind has been to the moon, mm-hmm. how would we do that? You'd, you'd have to prove that we've left man-made objects there. Yeah? Yeah. Like the little moon buggy mm-hmm. and the, the, the actual supports of the landers, which acted as its um, lift-off, yeah. you know. The flag? Platform. The flag itself. Now, you can't see the flag with any telescope that we've got today mm-hmm. or anything that's left on the moon, you can't see it with a telescope. You'd need a telescope with a diameter of 200 metres. Yeah. Like the glass lens at the front of it would have to be 200 metres. That's the size of a football stadium. Mm-hmm. We've got nothing like that here on Earth. Yeah. The largest telescope on Earth, the lens or, or the mirror, whichever type it is, is 10 and a half metres. Okay, that's a lot smaller. Yeah. Than <laughs> a football stadium. <laughs> Not even the Hubble telescope mm-hmm. or the James Webb Space Telescope that we just you know recently launched could see the flag on the moon from the Earth. They're okay. just not big enough, not powerful enough. Mm-hmm. It, well, in fairness, the James Webb Space Telescope is about four times further away anyway. It's like a million miles out. So, yeah. Um, but... On the Apollo 11 mission, Armstrong and Aldrin left something called a, ref- a retro-reflector. Now, mm. do you have any idea what that is? I mean, from what it's called, I'm going to guess it's maybe similar to like a mirror and reflects lots of light. Yep, yep, very similar. Now, the problem is, with a mirror, if you've just got a flat mirror, mm-hmm. if you... Uh, say you got a laser pointer and fired it into the mirror, unless you're absolutely dead center and dead face on that mirror, the light is not going to come back towards you. It will go off and like hit you, you know, the wall behind your shoulder or something like yeah. that. You know? It doesn't matter. As long as that light is coming in at an angle, it's going to go off at the opposite angle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, A retro fre- reflector is kind of like a box set up with a series of mirrors that no matter what angle the light beam enters the box, it gets reflected mm. off the mirrors and then returns to its exact point of origin. That's cool. The exact angle that the light enters the box is the same angle that it leaves the box. Did they make that for the moon? For the purpose of proving that we've been there. So if mm. you've got a high-power laser, like megawatts of laser power you'd need and you fire that laser at the exact point that they landed on the moon, that laser's going to come right back to you, and as long as you've got a sensor there to pick it up, you'll be able to see that that light has, in fact, left a man-made object on the moon, because nothing in nature will do this. Nothing will reflect light back at the same angle. Yeah, that's really clever. Yeah, exactly. And... This experiment has been done it hundreds has. of times all over the planet. People have tried it, tested it out. It works. 
You fire a laser at that retro reflector, it comes straight back and you can measure it. There you go. And they even did it in one of my favourite TV series, The Big Bang Theory. <laughs> you like The Big Bang Theory? Yeah, Series 3, <laughs> Episode 23, uh, The Lunar Excitation, it's called, when the gang actually successfully pulls off the test of firing a laser. I think they hire it from Caltech or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And they fire it at that point on the moon, and they actually register a response. There you go. And that, if there's any other proof, yeah, for, that's all you need. For all those people trying to play devil's avocado on that one, it's been proven. It has. Um, so, the only other thing that I've actually got written down here is China has also been to the moon, uh, but mm-hmm. it wasn't a manned mission. It was just a little uh, lunar rover that they sent up there called Jade Rabbit. Uh, <laughs> they managed to, it's because they believe in, in this old story about a jade rabbit being living on the moon or something like that. I'm not okay. exactly familiar with it. Is their... it folklore? Yeah, it's Chinese yes. folklore. Um, but they called the rover the Jade Rabbit. It landed, it lasted about five minutes, and it turned itself off. Oh, Okay. But it's because they were on the far side. They landed it on the far side of the moon. Mm-hmm. Um, but the moon, the far side of the moon, was in direct sunlight at the moment. It hit over two hundred oh, degrees. Did it fry it? it? Sort of. It put itself into hibernation mode oh, no. <laughs> until the intensity of the sun actually, you know, dipped. Uh, and about five days later, it kicked back into life and it carried on its mission. Oh, okay. But that is like China has also successfully been not people but it has successfully sent okay. uh, is it technology to the moon it might be another silly question is it only america that has had people on yes. the moon it has so yes. russia hasn't actually had no. people no as i said russia spent their money and their research into space stations mm-hmm. or, uh, and like lunar uh, not lunar but uh, earth orbits and sputnik. that sort of thing it, sputnik was the, the russians were first to space yeah sputnik was their first satellite ah I was going to say, Sputnik doesn't sound very American. No, it's definitely not American. Sputnik is what sort of made America sit up and go, oh, hell, we've got to do something here. Mm. The Russians have got one up on us. They can now spy on us from outside of the Earth's atmosphere. We need to get this technology as well. Yeah. But then they just took it one step further. And, yeah, like I said, JFK, he wanted to go to the moon. And Mm. they did. They did, my friend. Yeah, old um, Buzz Aldrin and Louis Armstrong, they they got the job done, mate. Neil, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And Michael Collins. We shouldn't forget Michael Collins, because although he didn't actually set foot on the moon, he was the support crew that stayed in orbit and made sure that they could get back. He was almost the most important bloke there. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Uh, I've never heard the name Michael Collins before, so you bringing it up is a really good thing, because... It's like when you put on a show in Broadway and things like that, people never thank the ones backstage actually doing the lights and queuing things up and stuff. They always focus on the actors. Yeah. So shout shout out to Michael Collins. Yeah, I mean, there was six successful moon and landings missions. I'm not going to list every single astronaut that went up there. Um, But there was also an unsuccessful moon landing mission. Did they try and send a monkey? No. They <laughs> sent Tom Hanks. Do you not remember the film? <laughs> Apollo 13 was supposed yeah. to land on the moon, but right. they couldn't 
because they started losing oxygen on their way to the moon and it became an emergency mission to get them back. Ah, is that the one with Bruce Willis as well? No, that's no. Armageddon. It's completely different. <laughs> oh, my bad. But my argument is, why? If it was fake, why? Mm. Why would they spend millions or billions of dollars launching these astronauts off the Earth, which obviously happened? Yeah, yeah. Even if, you know, going to the moon was fake, they at least sent these people into orbit. And then why would they fake this life-threatening problem that happened to nearly kill three people mm-hmm. you know, and fake not landing on the moon? Why would you spend that money? Why Why even Yeah, it doesn't hype? make sense, does it? Surely it would make more sense to actually fake another successful moon landing you know if that's what they were doing but they weren't they were actually going there yeah and that one didn't work apollo 13 do you know this might be another silly question because i'm full of silly questions do you know was it the reason they were going to the moon was it just to go to the moon just because it hasn't been done because it's there okay so it wasn't like oh we need to get samples and stuff like that they just wanted to go to the moon just to say that they'd done it i think yeah it was jfk's dream you know yeah, what was the the phrase? He one? said, uh, "We uh, will go to the moon in the next decade. We do these things not because they are easy, but because they are hard." Yeah, I'm with you, and it is hard. And what was what was the other quote? Was it Buzz Aldrin that said, "One small step"? That was Neil Armstrong as he stepped. Yeah, I suppose we've got to put it in, don't we? Yes, he yeah. stepped off the, uh, the the lunar lander onto one of its feet mm-hmm. and then I think as he stepped off the foot of the lunar lander onto the surface and made his first boot print on the moon, he said, this is one small step for man and a mm. giant leap for mankind. So Buzz Aldrin was second. He was second. Neil Armstrong was first. Yeah. I don't know why I keep getting those two mixed up. Buzz Aldrin actually really wanted to be the first man on the moon, and he tried to get Mission Control to swap their positions uh, and let him be the first man on the moon. He was very, very jealous mm-hmm. that Neil Armstrong got that that particular slot. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Buzz Aldrin... Like, the Buzz is a real strong American name. Well, his real name is Edwin. Edwin Aldrin. Oh, but they call him Buzz because that was his fighter pilot handle. See, that sounds cool. That's I'm getting, like, Top Gun kind of feels there. Like well, yeah, exactly, Buzz, yeah. Yeah, Buzz sounds cool. But then Armstrong is a very powerful American name as well. Yeah, well, it is a very powerful sounding name, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, well, good not, on him. Not so much Collins, though. <laughs> no. Or was it Michael Collins? Yeah, Michael Collins, yeah. Yeah, I just keep thinking of Phil Collins. Why? But I still think of Michael Collins as being like the most important guy on that crew because without him up there, yeah. they would never have got home. So He was the glue that kept the mission together in a sort way. Of, so yeah. yeah he's sort a, of. a key, key person in the mission. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I'm not really sure how to uh, put this to the paranormality scale. <laughs> Uh, because I believe we went to the moon. Yeah. That's still an amazingly strange and just amazing thing. Mm -hmm. But I have basically completely debunked the conspiracy theory. Yeah. So do we give it a low paranormality rating because the conspiracy theory is wrong? Mm -hmm. Or do I give it a high paranormality rating because they actually got to the moon? 
What, what do I, how do I do this? I'd say the second one. Because the paranormality scale, in my mind... Is the believability. It, yeah, it's the believability of it. But it, it's also, because the podcast is called Paranormality Scale, it can kind of be whatever we want. It doesn't necessarily <laughs> mean <laughs> paranormal. Do you know what I mean? So I always go... So the believability of it, yeah, that yeah. they actually got to the moon. Yeah. 9.9. Uh, Given it a 9.9? Yeah, I've, yeah, too right I am. Well, you're Mr. Space, so I can't go higher than you, so I'm going to have to give it a 9.7. <laughs> okay, uh, average of 9.8, fair enough. <laughs> no, to, yeah, to be fair, it's got to be, hasn't it? 9.9, I'll give it a 9.9 as well, because yeah. I do actually believe that they they went to the moon and everything. You're wholeheartedly team moon. Yeah, because when I was young, I was just stupid and believed in every conspiracy theory. Me and my mate Jerry used to think of everything and the lizard people and all now, sorts. But where I think the real conspiracy theory mm-hmm. is in next week's podcast. Oh yeah, which is moon anomalies. Oh, not the moon landings, because I believe we. I firmly believe that America was mm-hmm. great enough, and they actually did it. They yep. nailed it. They got to the moon mm-hmm. while they were there. They may have had some strange occurrences happen to the astronauts that I'm not going to go into on this podcast because I'm going to make you wait until next week. And then we're going to go into moon anomalies, stuff that's been seen on and around the moon Mm. that maybe shouldn't be there. So you've tickled our teats and next week you'll milk us. I don't know how to come back from that. (laughs) You'll have to tune in next week. (laughs) Okay, yeah, tune in next week, everybody. Um, Feel free to, uh, yeah, uh, like and subscribe, uh, comment away, send us an email, paranormality.uk at gmail.com if you want to send us your spooky stories. If you don't believe in the moon landings and you really think that you've you can prove that it was fake to me. That's my challenge. Have a go. I'm not going to believe you, but have a go. And until then, I've been Pirate. I'm Josh. And this has been Paranormality UK. Ta-ta. Ta-ta. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.